Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. We have the divisional round, the elite eight, the final eight NFL teams facing off. We got a couple of bets that are already in place right now, one from each game at least, and then we're going to have two from one game, a couple of money line bets in there, a total, and then some spreads. These playoff lines are very efficient. Last week, we had a pretty nice week. The only bet that we ended up losing in terms of the spread picks was the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had them. So three and one there, not bad for these efficient lines. And we'll see what we could do at the well this weekend where you're going to be having some really nice matches honestly and what you get is a lot of MVP caliber quarterbacks right the top three potentially if you want to put Josh Allen in there with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers you have the reigning MVP in Mr. Lamar Jackson I think I said it in the uh, DFS video this week that all the guys in the AFC basically at this point are like 25 and a half years old or younger so the future of the AFC and the NFL in general is very bright the opposite side of the bracket than the NFC you got the old guys you got Rodgers you got Brady you got Breeze but it's going to be a pretty fun weekend we're going to get into these bets before we do hit the like and the subscribe do all those things I greatly appreciate that other content on this channel for the division around is going to be the dfs video we'll have a final thoughts on that and a that one dude video there'll be stuff on patreon as well throughout the week if you indeed want to check that out you can check it out linked down below but the video is going to be sponsored by Vigit. and Vigit right now what you should be doing especially in the month of january where we have a contest over there in terms of you could win some free merch some amazon gift cards and some things like that Vigit is a social media for sports betting so what are you going to be doing with that well think about twitter but just for sports betting so they have that in there right there's a social aspect they have a free sports book within the app as well so what that means is you can go in there with vig coins and if you want to download the app totally for free use the code sal sal you'll get an additional thousand big coins than what you actually sign up with what you get to do with those is basically play some wagers play some bets if you win you win amazon gift cards and now if you actually join into our league the link will be down below the betting league for sal Vetri. it'll track all your bets that you're making in there and whoever has the most big coins at the end of january not the most wins because then you can just bet a bunch of favorites but the most big coins at the end of january will win the january sal Vetri betting league on bigot and what you'll get is some free merch you can choose from the merch store link down below a hoodie a t-shirt whatever you want to have there's also a lot of information on betting lines in there line movement just injuries and a ton of stuff that will make it easier to just be betting on some stuff and be informed about your bets not just throwing in some wild bets although if you want to do those sometimes for fun if you're doing it for entertainment fine but if you want to actually be informed and have a better chance of winning there's a lot of information there as well check out Viget linked down below and if you use the code sal when you download the app put it in there get a thousand extra big coins to use in the free sports book so let's get into this right now we can basically go by the games right which time the games are going to be starting so you get the first game the Packers usually play these Sunday games right Sunday afternoon or Sunday night that's basically what they've been doing in the playoffs the last like five or six years that I can remember that they've been in the playoffs they like to put that Aaron Rodgers Packers are very public team Aaron Rodgers in the spotlight but now they're actually getting that first game and it's probably because the opposite side of this one is I would say the worst team left in the playoffs the Los Angeles Rams that don't have much of an offense right now might not even have their stud of a defense because of Aaron Donald potentially being hurt for this game we'll see if he ends up playing I would say he's going to do everything he possibly can that freak of nature to play in this game but he got hurt in the last game might be 50 50 at best in this one but you're getting the Packers opening up at home as seven point favorites first time that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one seed and have a potential chance of playing in an NFC championship at home four times he's played on the road only one of those he's won should have probably been two against Seattle the meltdown the Brandon Bostick fumbling that onside kick losing in overtime but on this side of it I'm actually going to be taking the Rams at plus seven so we're taking the Rams at plus seven right now I think that's a lot of points to be laying for a very good defense let's break down into this game right now first of all it's a number one overall offense from the regular season the Green Bay Packers versus the number one overall defense in the Rams the Rams have the number one coverage the number two pass rush number four run defense their top three overall in tackling they're goddamn good on offense the Packers rank third in yards per play the Rams 18th but on defense is where that flips back around the Packers ranked 14th in yards per play allowed on defense when the Rams are number one overall both these 
teams basically are 10 and 6 because the Rams ended up winning last week. They're now 10 and 7 against the spread this season. And here's some things to be looking at. Rodgers will have a negative 40%, the worst that he's seen all season long, even when he faced the Bucks, and the worst on the weekend. Negative 40% pass blocking advantage this week. Now, if Aaron Donald misses, that can change, but there's a lot of things factoring into this. You have David Bakhtiari, the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history, the best left tackle in the NFL, tore his ACL a couple weeks back in practice, not even a game in practice. So that's not going to be great against the number two overall pass rush. Again, if Donald is out, that will be affecting some things a little bit, but it's not going to be the best matchup at all by any means. It's going to be really hard to get plays open downfield for Rodgers, who is number two in the NFL, only behind Brady and deep passes this year. That's going to be a little more difficult to connect downfield with guys like MVS and Devontae Adams. So far this season, Rodgers ranks number three overall in the NFL when he has a clean pocket. That drops to nothing crazy, but number 11. So it does at least drop a decent amount when you put pressure on him. It's going to be for most quarterbacks, you see that drop, but as a somewhat significant drop of eight overall spots when he is pressured so far this season. And historically, we've seen it. The San Francisco 49ers twice last season, Tampa Bay earlier this season. We've seen it in some of his worst games in his NFL career when he has any type of pressure, some top pass rushers of all time, top defenses like the Denver Broncos in the past, like Buffalo Bills teams in the past. He really does get flustered and really is not going to be the same type of a player. So no Bakhtiari, do not let that weigh against you. Now, another big matchup is going to be maybe the number one quarterback, probably the number one quarterback, according to pro football focus, Jalen Ramsey versus the number one wide receiver this year in Devontae Adams. Now, I'm not really worried about that match matchup, to be honest with you. Oh, you're not worried about Jalen Ramsey? No, because I think Devontae Adams is just that good. When Stephon Gilmore was the number one cornerback in the league a couple years back, Devontae Adams toasted him. Devontae Adams toasts every single quarterback that he plays. When Xavier Rhodes was at his peak, when Darius Schley was at his peak, when you know how to run routes, like guys like Stephon Diggs, like guys like Devontae Adams, and run them really good, Keenan Allen's another one, you really are matchup proof, in my opinion. And also, Devontae Adams moves into the slot like 30-something percent of the time. So when Adams is in the slot for 35% of his routes run, which maybe in this game is like 12 routes run, he's going to have a fantastic advantage. Even if they put Ramsey in the slot, his matchup will be just too good. A talented wide receiver like Adams, who I already think as a wide receiver is a better player than Ramsey as a cornerback. If you put him in the slot, he has a massive advantage. You'd use both sides of the field, at least Ramsey on the outside. And what a lot of good cornerbacks do is they use the sideline as their friend. You can't do that in the slot in the middle of the field. So I'm not worried about Devonta Adams. You really should never be. I'm worried about the other guys. MVS on the outside against Darius Williams, where Rodgers is already going to probably not have as much time as he would like. That's not a great matchup for MVS if he could even catch the ball to begin with. You have Alan Lazard in the slot for most of the game, probably against Troy Hill. That's basically a neutral matchup, still nothing that I feel confident about. So that's definitely a worry as well. So it's really matching up to say that I think this Rams defense has enough in them. The run offense is going to be fine. Cam Akers, 30 touches last week, 28 on the ground. The Packers right now rank dead last in pace, which is going to slow the game down as well. The Rams are basically middle of the pack right now. I believe they rank 16th. So if the game's a little bit slowed down as well, you take away more possessions from Rodgers. You take away just overall less possessions in the game. It makes it easier if you're looking for even a backdoor cover out of the Rams at plus seven. I expect Akers to be given the ball as long as this one is in play and in his close, which I'm expecting 16 plus times, probably closer to 20 plus times to milk the clock a good amount. The Rams have a positive 32% run blocking advantage against the Packers this week. I don't think the Rams win this game. I want to be shocked if they did, though, based on how good their defense is. But I don't think they win this game. It seems like Cooper Cup is going to play, so their offense should be relatively healthy. K-Makers is now the dude in that backfield. And if he can get 20 touches in this game, and if he can be half efficient, half as efficient as he was last week with those touches, I think it's going to be enough to keep this game within seven. I like the fact that we have opportunities for a backdoor here. This seems more like a three-point game, to be honest with you, a field goal game to me. So we'll take the Rams to start the week off at plus seven. As you can see behind me on the screen, it's now down to plus six and a half basically everywhere. If you can still find the plus sevens out there, that's fine. I would take the plus six and a half too, but I like the plus seven a lot more. I get the extra half a point on it. Now, I'm not betting anything with the spread in this one. So we can move now to the second game, which this is probably the most difficult game on the weekend for me. The number that get late that is getting laid here. It opened at minus three, but it basically went immediately to minus two and a half. It was at minus two for a little bit, I believe on FanDuel. I got it at minus two, the bills. So right now we're taking the bills at minus two, but I really can't fault you if you wanted to go to the opposite side of this one where the Ravens have like a plus 110, plus 115 money line. If you just wanted to take that one instead of taking them as two and a half point underdogs. So what did you see last week? You saw the Buffalo Bills play one of the worst football games. I mean, maybe not the worst they could possibly play, but 
but as bad as it gets and still be able to win a game. That honestly should be encouraging, right? They face a good Indianapolis Colts defense where Phillip Rivers wasn't terrible and they came out and they won that game. And then you saw the Ravens play as bad of a game as you possibly can and they ended up just winning their game. Derrick Henry couldn't get going. That's basically what they were able to do. They were able to stop the run last week. Now that they're finally healthier, they have a decent enough and good enough secondary now with Jimmy Smith even potentially due back for this game that they were able to control it. Lamar goes off on the ground, does nothing in the air. Lamar was the second worst quarterback according to Pro Football Focus passing grades last week, second only to Jared Goff, who was really bad last week. So you're potentially getting a narrative here where both teams are obviously coming off of wins in the second round now, but the Bills not looking as great. The Ravens looking a little bit better because of how dominant they were in the second half against Tennessee. And I'm not too sure I want to buy that yet. Getting Buffalo ranking fourth in yards per play, as you can see on the screen behind me if you're watching on the YouTube video, and they only allow the 16th most. So average right now, not as bad as people think yards per play on defense. You're getting Baltimore being top 10 on defense in yards per play and top 10 on offense, barely in the top 10 on offense. Both teams are 11 and a six against the spread after both winning last week. And they are both plus four in turnover differential. Again, these teams are very evenly matched. It is the number four passing offense in Baltimore versus the number seven secondary. And Jimmy Smith is likely to return early on in the week. It seems like he's likely to return this week and play yet again for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Josh Allen's protection has been shaky so far this season. Baltimore ranks just 25th in pass rush though, but it's still a negative 14% pass blocking advantage for Josh Allen because that's how bad his offensive line has been. I believe it ranks 19th overall in the NFL this season. Allen goes from number four in a clean pocket passing percentage to 14th. Again, it's very similar to Aaron Rodgers' drop. It's something you would expect, not being as good under pressure, but it is dropping a significant amount, fourth to 14th. He basically becomes an average quarterback when pressured, and based on pro football focus, his offensive versus defensive line gradings, it seems like he's going to face more pressure than usual. And now Beasley is likely going to be in the slot where he's still banged up to an extent and have to face Marlon Humphrey. It seems like this is a spot where Beasley might just be absolutely shot down. Even if fully healthy, matchup against Marlon Humphrey in the slot, who's been the slot cornerback now for this team for about a year and a half, signed a big contract, is as deadly as it gets. Last week in the Ravens game, you ended up actually seeing Lamar Jackson start to get to connect with Hollywood Brown. He went over 100 yards. That might have been the first time this season. Hollywood Brown goes off for a very nice game. Seeing air yards and target share all season long, finally goes off for seven catches, 109 yards. Seemed like he tweaked his, his quad or his hamstring, but then was fine after that in nine targets. It's going to be a much more difficult matchup this week against Tredavious White, who allows less than one yard per cover out, 0.99 to be exact. I do think there's a chance Hollywood Brown moves into the slot. He's played there 23% of the time so far this season. Then you can get away from Tredavious White, sacrifice a guy like Miles Boykin to Tredavious White and not worry too much more about it. But I don't know how often that's going to happen. He's a much bigger weapon and threat on the outside. We saw that touchdown to end the season out and basically get them their win against the Cleveland Browns on one of those last weeks of the year in prime time, that crazy Monday night game. We saw the touchdown out of the slot to Hollywood Brown. So there's definitely upside for any talented receiver out of the slot. I think that's the best spot for them. But where he seems to be most comfortable is on the outside. The concern for Buffalo would be that they rank 31st against the run right now and there's a positive 46 run blocking advantage for the Baltimore Ravens who for two years in a row now have led the league in run plays per game so the total on this one in my opinion around 50 seems a little bit high I would lean the under I don't have a bet in on that I currently have Buffalo at minus two but the plus 115 money line looks just as good this is the most difficult game to actually pick and if you want to say cap on the weekend for me right now so we're starting out with the first half the first day on Saturday's games the Rams at plus seven over Green Bay and Buffalo at minus two that line is just too small right what I'm basically taking here is the better quarterback in the game which in my opinion is Josh Allen I don't think that could really be argued if we're talking about this specific year we're not looking at last year this specific year the better quarterback in the game is Josh Allen the better coaching in this game especially from uh, scheming if we're talking about Daigle definitely that side of it as well and if we're looking at defenses in this one I would give the edge to the Baltimore Ravens there but I'll just kind of take into account the fact that I like the offensive coordinating from Daigle and Buffalo more than I like the abilities of this Ravens defense so we're going to be going with the Buffalo Bills minus two now let's move over to the Sunday games and if you're still here right now appreciate it hit the like button hit the subscribe button do those things I think we're going to get a decent amount of viewers in for this one in the divisional round as we still have a nice slate right four games whether it's DF 
DFS, whether you're playing any other prop betting sites, whether you're doing these bets right here, and you want to tail these, it's a nice size slate, especially because we still have two days of football. That'll take up mostly afternoon and evenings and just a nice event to be doing. So hopefully you all enjoy it. Like, subscribe, do all those things. I greatly appreciate that. So you can see on the screen right now, we have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Browns. The Browns winning last week against a team that has now lost five out of their last six games. They are done for the year. So that's how it's going to finish the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Steelers in back-to-back weeks. The Steelers B squad in week 17, but they beat them in back-to-back weeks and really, really hammered them last week. It was very impressive because to their B squad, they were barely winning the game, right? The Browns barely won that game week 17. They made major adjustments, and a lot of it was just taking advantage of Ben Roethlisberger's three first-half turnovers. Um, I guess two of them were really only his fault. One was tipped. There was one thrown over his head, and they took advantage of that. Up 28-0 early on. Now they come into this one as 10-point underdogs against the Chiefs. So look, if there's any momentum gaining for the Browns, the line hasn't moved really yet. Open that 9.5 is what it's saying. I think it basically opened that 10 in a lot of spots. If there's any momentum for the Browns against the Chiefs, I, I really don't care about that. I'm not going to be following that. Now, I don't think that there's going to be all that much, right? The Chiefs are very much so. Anytime that there's a, a very popular quarterback, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, a very good and popular quarterback, you got you got Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Usually that's a public team and people like to bet that team. And I can't really blame you this week. They have some rest. Yes, they were rusty down the stretch, right? They were barely winning games against like Miami, even though they pulled away in the second half, right? And some other teams, they lost to the Raiders in the second half of the season. I'm not too worried about that. I'm going to be taking the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 10, coming off of a bye with Andy Reid, this team completely healthy, getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire back, it seems, getting some guys in their secondary and really some depth pieces in their secondary back. They rank number two in yards per play right now. On offense, Cleveland ranks 11th. Cleveland's still pretty good on offense, right? A lot of it coming from the running game. And factoring in that they don't have Odell, people forget that. They don't have Odell and they've been this good. And people want to say the narrative Odell, they don't need him. They're better without him. Yeah, I don't know how much that's actually true. He's a superstar wide receiver. Now on defense, they both are pretty much the same defense. Uh, yards per play allowed, Kansas City is the 17th most and Cleveland the 18th most this year. Kansas City is plus six in turnover differential and Cleveland is plus five. So pretty evenly matched there as well. Now Cleveland ranks bottom sixth in pace and you currently have uh, Kansas City at 13th overall. So it'll be a slower pace game. In general, expect maybe one possession less than the NFL average in this game. For me, it's really difficult, as you can see right now, I'm putting up on the screen and breaking down. It's difficult to see how Kansas City just doesn't score at will. You have Tyreek Hill with the top advantage of the entire weekend against MJ Stewart, a positive 62% advantage, so 62% higher than usual in a normal matchup, a neutral matchup for him against MJ Stewart, who allows a 76% catch rate. You have Travis Kelsey with the number one advantage on the weekend for a tight end. You have a very strong matchup for Sammy Watkins against Jackson in the slot, a positive 21% matchup for Sammy Watkins, who has not been good this year. So, I mean, he's been decent, but not been good on a per route basis, been banged up yet again, it's just Sammy Watkins for you. But Jackson on the slate allows the most yards per cover out. Not good. Absolutely inefficient. 1.89 per route. And now you have the potential of Clyde Edwards Hilaire returning out of the backfield, which is going to give them much more of a boost than having Darrell Williams back there or Le'Veon Bell out of the passing game, which was not the same type of impact that Clyde Edwards Hilaire has. Now Mahomes O-line, due to some injuries, right, has been a little bit shaky as of late. He's gonna have a negative 15% pass blocking advantage in this one versus Cleveland's number 11 pass rush. It's a number 21 overall protection rate. But the upside of Mahomes, unlike Rodgers and Allen, who drop outside the top 10 and top 12 in the case of Josh Allen when they're pressured, Mahomes is still top 10 when pressured on under pressure this year and he's been good to close out the season as well the one concern that you would have in this game for cleveland is that they can stay in it they can slow the pace down and they can backdoor this thing really I mean, honestly they can they can win the game they have a chance right they're not absolutely crazy underdogs there's probably within the money line it's probably implied that they have a 30 something percent chance i would say probably around 30 percent because last week they were about 10 point underdogs to end the week the washington football team and they were about 25 percent chance so yeah somewhere around there there's still an implied odds chance right it's not a zero percent chance as many people usually think so but cleveland's probably gonna have to get it done on the ground and casey is still a bottom third team on the ground now they've improved since last year where they were pretty much a dead last in a lot of metrics, DVOA, PFF rankings. Now they're basically bottom third of the league, 20th, 21st. And Cleveland comes in with the number one run blocking unit and the number seven run offense. So there is, is that's the way that it gets done, right? If Cleveland is able to, like last week and really the last two weeks, you're going to be able to have the one-two pack of Kareem Hunt getting it done in the red zone and on the ground. Nick Chubb getting it done with more explosive plays of 40 plus yards last week and scoring on those plays. If they're able to use that formula and keep the game close enough, then that is the concern here, that they only win by seven, right?
like Kansas City, a backdoor cover, things like that. But I'll take the 10-point favorites and just bet on Patrick Mahomes in this one and Andy Reid coming off of the bye week in a matchup that is just so, so good against this secondary of Cleveland that is not good at all. Now, our final two bets will be in this last game, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. The first two times you've had the Saints win this game. So the third time that these teams are facing the division rivals, right? Tom Brady versus Drew Brees here for the third time this year. And I have two bets in this one. I currently have Tampa Bay and New Orleans under 52. So the first over under that we can have, you can find it in a couple spots right now, 51 and a half in DraftKings and FanDuel, 52 on a decent amount of spots like points bet, like BetMGM. And then I'll also be taking Tampa Bay as plus 150 money line underdogs instead of the plus three that you get just from the spread. So what do I like here? Tampa Bay ranks sixth in yards per play on offense, better than New Orleans, number 13. Tampa Bay basically evenly matched number six right now in yards per play allowed on defense and New Orleans, number four. So this is not even to take into account like I like Tampa Bay to win the game outright. This is just the under here. You have two top six defenses in terms of limiting the opponent's efficiency against them. Tampa Bay, number eight in turnover differential. And right now, New Orleans is number nine. And you have, this is a very nice stat to see. New Orleans, bottom four in pace. They're going to play slow. Tampa Bay is top 10, ninth right now. That's going to drag down some of the pace, make it more of an evenly and average pace game instead of a fast pace game, which if you're having a high total, you want to see some faster pace games, right? 52 implied total. That's decently high. So nice to see a slower pace game here. Now, this is probably the biggest point as I put it up on the screen right now for maybe why I like it. And the reason why I do like the under here, both teams have top eight pass rushes. Why is that important? Brady ranks 29th, 29th in the NFL this season. There's only 32 teams, 29th in pressured completion percentage. He lives off of the deep ball, leading the NFL in deep attempts so far this season. So this is going to hurt the upside of big downfield chunk plays to guys like Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, lesser extent, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. And so far this season, Drew Brees in a clean pocket ranks 13th overall. When he's under pressure, he ranks 25th. So he drops completely, completely out of the average quarterback or maybe even top half of the league or top 10 right around that metric to being a bottom five, bottom 10 quarterback when pressured this year. Both teams are going to be bottom 12 in points allowed as well. So this thing is just screaming out under. I was surprised to see a 52 here. I know they're two good offenses with Michael Thomas getting back and healthy now. Alvin Kamara, a couple weeks removed from being hurt and getting nicked up himself. But New Orleans allows the fourth fewest points per game themselves at just 21.6. And Tampa Bay has really struggled to get anything going against this New Orleans secondary. This is where the wild card comes in. Both of these teams' wide receivers have very good individual matchups. Now, these are obviously team defenses that will play some zone. They'll move around a little bit. But you have Chris Godwin versus Gardner Johnson in the slot. That is Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin. In the slot is going to have the second best matchup of the weekend. A.B. on the outside against Janoris Jenkins, the former New York Giant is going to have the third best matchup. Michael Thomas going up against Carlton Davis, the fourth best, and Evans against Lattimore. Lattimore normally shuts Evans down, honestly. It's still going to be the fifth best matchup for what they've been doing so far this season. So that's the one concern here. If the pressure doesn't get there, these wide receivers are going to have some pretty quality matchups for how those guys have been playing this year versus how their defenders and total defenses have been playing. That said, though, I'm still fine to take Tampa Bay here, and I'm still really fine to be taking the under. The reason why I want to take Tampa Bay here is I think these teams are really evenly matched, a lot more evenly matched than their last matchup against each other. So if I think they're evenly matched and you're giving me three points, well, sure, if you want to take Tampa Bay plus three, obviously, if I'm taking the money line, that's the side that I'm going to lean on, but I'll just take that little bit of a boost there to potentially the bankroll at plus 150. So we have five bets in this week. To start it all off, we can scroll back up now. We have the Rams at plus seven. We currently have Buffalo at minus two, which I think might be the most public bet. The Buffalo minus two might even be more bet than the minus 10 on the Chiefs, which is our third bet. And then we have the under 52 in New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I'll take the under 51 and a half as well at this point. And then Tampa Bay money line plus 150. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out the sponsor of the program today, Vic V-I-G-I-T. It's a Vigit app. You can download it down today. Use the code SAL, S-A-L, and they will give you a free 1,000 Vig coins, which could be used in the free online sports book to get yourself some Dalaruskis from Amazon. And we're tracking your success. We're tracking all the Vig coins that you have through January if you join the betting league, which is also linked down below. And the winner of that is actually going to get themselves some merch. There's only like 30 people in there right now, so decent odds to win, as some people have been inactive. I think they forgot so far. So this video, get some more people in there, get some people betting, having some fun. End of January, somebody's going to win some merch, some big energy merch. So check it out, fellas. Get smacked around with some of that merch. Appreciate it. Like and subscribe before you go.
I'll see you all in the next one. For the rest of the week, we'll have a That One Dude video, another DFS video, and then we'll head into the weekend and just enjoy the games. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend, everybody, and I'll see you all in the next one.